are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 169. As always, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Make sure to check out everything on CouchGuysSports.com from the daily blogs to the podcast to the YouTube channel, the Twitch channel, everything else in between. Alan Nahegan here, Tom Powder Cadmus here. If you missed us last week, it was not a mistake. We didn't lose the recording this time. <laughs> we, were, we were off last week. Maddie DeRozier not here tonight. Yeah. Had stuff going on. He was on vacation last week. I was on vacation last week. Powder had something special go on. If he wants to share it, he can. If not, we'll keep it secret. Yeah, um, the Saturday before Easter, um, got engaged to my now fiance Rachel. Yo, hey! woo! Congrats, Congrats thank you. Dog. We thank love you. that. So, so Powder's officially engaged. Maddie's married. I'm not doing anything with my life, so it's it's okay. It's all well and good. We you heard some chatter in the background. We're gonna introduce those guys in a second. But again, as always, make sure to rate and subscribe Legends Lingo Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. We have a lot that we have to talk about tonight. Celtics, first round in the books, a sweep of the Brooklyn Nets. Goodbye, Kyrie Irving. You loser. Loser. <laughs> We're going to get into that. We're going to preview the next series because we, we know who they're probably going to play, and we'll tease that out for later on the episode. Patriots draft week this week, so we're recording on Tuesday night, April 26th, about 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Draft is in two days. So if you're listening to this, the draft might be happening right now, and we might be waiting for the Patriots pick. And we got to talk about the Red Sox because, um, yeah, they suck right now, and, and we got to talk about that. But with the Patriots draft being this week, it was only right that we brought on our fellow Couch Guy Sports brethren, our brothers at the Tuck Rule Takes podcast. It's Mike Sullivan. It's Liam McDade. Liam, you might have heard on this podcast before a couple times. Liam, welcome back. Keep your shirt Thanks, on. Al. All right. I forgot my bad. It feels good to be here. It's great just to even be nominated. Powder, congrats. You're Thank fucking you. stunned. We'd love to see that. And I'm psyched to be on here. Celtics, Patriots, great time to be a New England fan. Sox are, you know, a little iffy. And I'll, Cuss you out at another time, Alpha roping me into that suspect. Oh, uh, no, hey, listen, we're, we're going to get into that. But Mike Sullivan, first time guest on the Legends Lingo podcast, but has made his way around the Couch Guy Sports Network and is not afraid to throw out his opinion on Twitter every now and again. But it's okay. We still love him. Mike, welcome. What's up? Thank you for having me. Uh, first time, long time. Happy to finally to finally get in here on the uh, Legends Lingo Double L. You know, um, it, just excited to talk Patriots. Um, obviously, that's why we're here. But Celtics, though, I'm pumped. Pumped about the Celtics. And then obviously, I don't want to talk about the Red Sox. They make me sad. So yeah, listen. You're talking. You're talking to two guys that are baseball first, Mike. How do you think we feel? If you feel sad, how do we feel? Even horrible, ten times worse. I I feel your pain so, to to an extent, so I get it. Try a hundred, but you know what gets us feeling good? Our friends over at Shocked Energy, because you know the deal by now. Because the Legends Lingo Podcast is sponsored by the Couch Guy Sports Network, and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers and podcasters for gamers and podcasters. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game, even if you're doing an ad read. Their formulas are designed to specifically, I cursed myself, give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN, all capitalized, Today, for 10% off your order, check out their green apple flavor as well as their watermelon flavor. Liam, are you a green apple guy or a watermelon guy? 
Oh, I love that precious decadent watermelon flavored box. Mm-hmm. Attaboy. Mike, same thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. We talk about it all the time on Tuck Rule Takes. We are watermelon box boys for life. Yep. Good. Then you fit right in because we are watermelon guys as well. Maddie is a green apple guy, but he's not here. So, so we can celebrate an all watermelon victory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, Shocked Energy ships worldwide. Powder, give me a random country in the world. Go. Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. Liam, give me a random country. Uh, Tanzania. <laughs> okay. Uzbekistan, Tanzania. Mike, give me a country. Mike doesn't know countries. Canada. Any country. I am I am bad. Canada, that's my country. That, that's fine. That's that fine. Works. We'll give it to that's you. Not even a real country. If you're in Uzbekistan, Tanzania, Canada, Sweden, Norway, wherever you are listening to this podcast, Shock Energy ships worldwide. That's right. Worldwide. Get your Shock Energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Again, shockenergy.com. Promo code CGSN, all capitalized at checkout for 10% off your order all right enough of the housekeeping stuff let's get into the actual fun stuff so gentlemen you are our guests you guys can pick do we talk i almost said bruins but we're not gonna talk about the bruins do we want patriots or do we want celtics first because we're gonna save red Sox for the very end what do you guys I want it's, i think it's celtics first it's fresh in my mind it just got off the rafters i'm a little juiced up let's talk about a sweep okay so I love it. So the Boston Celtics took on the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. On this podcast, I had the Celtics winning in seven. Powder, what did you have? Six, I believe. Powder, we're idiots. We are idiots. Very, very dumb. We we are dumb Boston sports fans because the Celtics didn't even need they didn't even need five games. They only needed four games to get rid of that team that we were all scared of in the Brooklyn Nets. So let's break it down really quick, and then we'll kind of get everyone's thoughts and just feelings and everything else. Game one, back and forth. Great game. Really great game in game one. Great play. Last possession. Celtics are down one. Jalen Brown takes it down the floor, kicks it to Marcus Smart on the left wing. Up fakes, goes by, passes to a cutting Jason Tatum. Tatum spins, layup at the buzzer. Celtics win 115-114, game one to Boston. Game two. Nets are up 17 at one point, leading for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, the Celtics just step up on defense, win game two. Come into game three, wire-to-wire win for the Celtics. Celtics go up 3 nothing. Then in game four, Brooklyn, they made it interesting at the end, but at the end of the day, it was a 116-112 victory for the Celtics. Celtics win four games to nothing in the series. This team's going to the Eastern Conference semifinals. We're hyped up. So I will so really quick, and then I do want to hear your guys' thoughts, but just to kind of give my two cents on this series. Game one set the tone. You had that game in hand. You make one stop. If Kevin Durant sees Jason Tatum backdoor cutting or Kyrie gets a finger on that ball, Brooklyn wins that game. They're up one nothing. Series is totally different. It is. Like let's just face it. It is. Brooklyn has the lead in game two. And then they blow it. It was a different circ. It was different circumstances last year. Celtics had, and I laugh at this every time. Romeo Langford and Tristan Thompson, and Evan Fournier playing significant minutes. This year, you have an improved Marcus Smart, a defensive wizard in Al Horford. I don't care how ludicrous that sounds. Al Horford is amazing on defense and pretty good offensively in the post too. An improving Robert Williams and an improving bench. Everything went right in this series for the Celtics. Their defense showed up. They showed why they're the number one defense in the NBA. They proved, the bench guys proved that they can make contributions on the road and at home. Everything went right. And you suck Kyrie Irving because after your 39-point game one performance, you just went straight (laughs) downhill. I do want to hear from you guys now. We'll kick it to our co-host, Powder. And then we'll let the TRT boys jump on in. Powder, you're not a big basketball guy, but you watched all four games and you were in tune with it. Oh, yeah. Let's hear your thoughts, Mr. Guru of basketball. Yeah, it was definitely great to watch the Celtics. Like like you said, defense, every game, just I felt like they would they start off a little slow a lot of the time, but then you just saw how good the defense truly was. 
like especially the last two games, just the way they shut down KD and Kyrie, they were especially the game four. Like KD, sorry at the end, getting his buckets, like he was trying everything he could to um bring the Nets back and win that game. But you saw the defense make like even game four make him the only player that scored. Everybody else was completely shut down. And especially like you said, Al Kyrie, he was a non-factor after game one. He was just like it was exactly what Celtics fans wanted to see from Kyrie. Just awful play, like just not scoring and um and yeah, just watching that was a lot of fun. Just seeing, like I said, seeing the defense and Jason Tatum really stepping up and becoming, I think, a true top 10 player, a true leader of the Celtics, what we've been wanting to see every year. And I think he's finally putting it together. I think um, Ime is the perfect coach for him. We're talking about work today. I think in mid-January, when they were below 500, everybody heard about that meeting where he kind of chewed everybody out. I think that's exactly what this team needed, and you can see Jason Tatum really step up as a leader. And then Marcus Smart, you see why he was a defensive player of the year. Like He's able to shut down anybody he's on. He's able to come up with big plays and big moments on the defensive end, and he really helped be that facilitator at the point. It was just awesome to see the Celtics play unbelievable throughout the whole four games. I just wanted to see Kyrie Irving cry more. I just want to see more of the stupid little gesture that he made. Unfortunately, we didn't get that chance because he gave the pettiest post-game interview I've ever heard. Oh, there's more to life than basketball. Well, you get paid millions to play the damn game, so it's probably (laughs) pretty big to your life. Well, at least he plays in the games. Yeah. Fair point. Eh, All right. Like, let's let's he kick sucks it to so Mike. Bad, he probably should. Very true. Let's kick it to Mike and then I want to hear from Liam because I know Liam has his other podcast, the Raptors podcast, our Celtics podcast, the network, and he's getting ready. So, Mike, let's hear yours real quick. So, I know that, that uh, you know, Liam and I are known for, or at least I know I am for Tuck Rule Takes TRT Patriots, but I just to tell you how dedicated I am to all Boston sports Celtics, I was away on my one year anniversary vacation. And I caught the end of this game. I go, we came home from the beach. I was tanned like a cookie. And I was like, <laughs> babe, we got to put the game on. We put it on. And that just the, the second game one ended, I feel like it was one of those things where I don't know where it came from, but I was just like, yeah, no, the series is done. I didn't think it was going to be a sweep. I was with you guys. It was going to be Celtics in six or seven. I was at least hoping it was going to come back to Boston because I thought maybe the Nets had some sort of intestinal fortitude in them, which they did not have. They clearly did not want to go back to Boston. Um, Kyrie wanted to be anywhere else in game four. I don't know what was going on with him. Katie at least tried to show up. Um, I was pumped. I think um, powder, you said it. We and Liam, I think you and I were texting about it. We're literally watching Jason Tatum turn into a superstar before our eyes, not just for Celtics fans. I feel like we felt this way for the last couple of years. Cause we know how good he can be. If he can be consistently. And that was the thing you were telling me you were, it was just all consistency with him. We're watching him become that full rounded superstar player, that next great Celtic, that next, you know, Paul Pierce, Larry bird, that type of Celtic, not just like your cult hero that everybody loves just one widely regarded as one of the greatest players in the NBA right now. Um, and I, I think, I think it would have, the only thing that would have been better is if we wanted, I, yeah, I say we, I think, cause th- I think that works. I think if we, we are the Celtics, if we, the Celtics <laughs> won in game five in front of the hometown crowd, um, just to hear them boo the ever living everything, boo Kyrie's soul out of his body. But you know, the, the, I said the Patriots, she's Celtics are greedy. They wanted to end it in four. Can't complain. I love it. I'm I'm all in. I bleed green when it's go time for the Celtics. I'm normally Patriots all the way. Patriots are my number one. But when Celtics, when it's go time, the Celtics shirts come out, the jerseys come out, the the green hats come out, and the I Shamrock shakes everything. I love them. Shamrock green's my favorite color, so it's easy for me to do. Um, I'm pumped. I can't wait. I I think, like you said, think we might know who they're playing next uh, in the next series. I'm going in fully confident. I am. Ready to go. Jason Tatum, top 10 player in the NBA. Kyrie Irving, not even not even in the stratosphere as him. Ben Simmons would have saved them. 
Hashtag pray for Ben Simmons. <laughs> pray for Ben. <laughs> oh, Ben That's Simmons. What, what a situation that is. Poor guy. But like uh, at the same time, it's like if you have that competitive drive, come on, man. Try to see, yeah, try to help yeah. your team. All right, Liam, we're, we're, we're ripping apart the lock. The cage is open. We're letting you out free into the world. What uh, do you got? Well, I echo all of your sentiments. I was at game one incredible experience trumps the day of my birth by far this was hands down the greatest day of my life magical experience overall jason tatum hits that game winner it happened so fast all i saw was the ball go off glass and in and then all hell breaks loose everyone throws their beers in the air great time i was wetter than i have a question at the end there when when he scored did you because it came across on the broadcast like they didn't know seemed like they they thought that maybe they were checking it like how was it yeah. when you were there like did did anybody in the crowd even did he even click that maybe it wasn't a no. basket a- okay. everyone automatically popped off okay, like so. it because I, I followed the crowd like literally they inbound the ball went down couple passes and then the spinning layup and it was all so quick that like i couldn't even process what happened i didn't see who scored all I saw was the ball go in. And then because the buzzer goes off, it's a loud buzzer. Everyone's arms go up in the air. And because they knew he had beat the shot clock, people threw. Everyone gets a playoff T-shirt. People had hats and people had beers and drinks. So everyone threw their drinks, their playoff shirts, their hats. Everything went in the air. Absolute chaos, like blocked out the lights in the stadium. So I couldn't see a damn thing. I was soaked in beer. It was an incredible time. And at that point, I'm leaving the game and I'm juiced up. I'm like looking at tickets for game two. I'm like, this is going to be an incredible series. We're going to seven games, right? And I was like, there's no way they can hold Kevin Durant to so little points. Like Kyrie Irving went off that game for 39. So I was like, all right, Kevin Durant gets 40 next game. Kyrie right. gets it was the, It was the switch off. Kyrie has yeah, exactly. Durant has And I'm like, two. all right. I'm like, so like next game, Durant's going to get it. You know, the game after that, maybe both of them kind of split down the middle. And I'm like trying to reason with myself, like, how's this series going to go? And as each game went on, I was just more and more surprised. Like, really, this is how it's going? Al Horford with 20 and 15 in game one, and then another great performance in game two. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, he's he's like 36 years old in the twilight of his life, about to be in a retirement home, balling out of control. So I'm like, everything just seems to be falling in line for the Celtics. Every time, and Kevin Durant's game fit perfectly for this. Every time he got the ball, three guys were right on him. And that works for Kevin Durant because he's not like Giannis, which is going to be a problem when we talk about it later. He Every time Kevin Durant's getting to his spots, he has to stop because he's a jump shooter. So, you know, he's trying to get to the elbow. He's trying to get to the baseline. He's going to pull up and jump. But to take a jump shot, you have to stop. So when he stops to pull up, all of a sudden three guys are on him. He can't just jump and go back down. It will be a foul. So we were able to trap him every time there, force other people to beat us. As Powder said, eventually in game four, KD started to figure it out. He had a ton of dimes, started beating our double and triple coverages, and he was hitting shots over the top. But at that point, it was too late. And they had basically been saved by the refs in game four, which was ultimately so depressing that the NBA is so corrupt in the sense that everyone knew that Scott Foster was the ref. Everyone knew that this guy has been involved in every referee scandal since the 2000 season. And of course, every team that he refs comes back from large deficits or Mm. wins for the most part. It was an insane record, like 29 and two or something like that. Scott Foster, Scott Foster is a straight up joke. He is a joke. He is him, Joey Crawford and Tim Donahue, all the extremely terribly corrupt refs back in the 2000s. And he's the only one left over. Very old school. He shouldn't have a job. I hate calling for mm-hmm. people's jobs, but he's wildly. Are you a Tony Brothers terrible. guy? Do you like Tony Brothers at all? I'm indifferent. He's kind of an asshole, but he doesn't do anything so egregious where I hate him. Uh, but he he just kind of seems like he's a stick in the mud. But he doesn't have any terrible calls that I hate him. So okay. I don't know. Fair he just doesn't seem like he's very fun. He's not out there having fun, you know, f- talking with players and enjoying his job. He's Always kind of miserable here at the floor. Right. He's, he's straight laced. Not straight laced, but he's just straight to the point. Exactly. So now, yeah, yeah. So now, guys, right? The Nets are in the rearview mirror. They are. You can mm-hmm. well, let's just take a moment of silence for uh Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant's season. So if we can just have a moment of silence, please. Screw that. Honestly, <laughs> the Nets, you don't need them. I can't believe that people actually thought they were going to be favored in this series. I was one of them. I was nervous I, about I it. I really thought it was going to be so much better. 
and it right, but it was horrible and horrible for the Nets. It was horrible for the, the Nets to even step on the same court as the Celtics after game one. Because game one, like we said, very competitive. After that, it was all Celtics. So now the Celtics are the first team in the NBA playoffs to advance to the second round. All the other first round matches still going on. So now let's talk about the second round really quick. Let's just face it. They're going to play Milwaukee. They're going to play yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are up three to one in the series against the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine's out for game five because he's in um, health and safety COVID. protocols. So he has COVID. So they're done. They're, they're, they're not beating Milwaukee. Milwaukee beat the crap out of the Bulls on the road two games in a row by 25-plus points in both games. The Bulls, the Bulls have no chance. So second round is going to be Eastern Conference semifinals. Bucks, Celtics, three-seed Bucks, two-seed Celtics. My initial thinking going into this series is this. Liam and I have talked about this. We have different opinions on this, and it's okay. But Giannis is still Giannis. Now, do I think, now hold on, do I think the Celtics can contain him? Of course. With their suffocating defense, of course. But my question is this. Can Giannis (laughs) handle the physicality of a long potential series with the Celtics defense? If the Celtics are doing the same thing to Giannis that they did to Kevin Durant in round one, will it be a case that Giannis will just fold because he already has his title and he doesn't want to get hurt? Or is he going to step up and try to defend his title and defend his throne? Because that's his title to defend right now. So that's my thing. Everybody else, like Chris Middleton's out right now with that MCL. Was it, was it a tear or a sprain? I always forget. Uh, t- uh, I think it was a tear, like a minuscule tear. Okay. So he, he has a tear, but it's still, that's significant. Yep. You, you know, because Chris Middleton usually plays well. It's him and Goran Dragic. The two of them always kill the Celtics. Love Goran Dragic. Yeah, dragon. yeah. And shut up. So <laughs> now, right, you have Giannis, who's Giannis. But after that, and after Chris Middleton, like Wesley Matthews, no thank you. Drew Holiday has his good moments. Drew Holiday has his good moments. Considering the series, considering the matchups in this series, you're telling me if Marcus Smart's on Drew Holiday, that Smart can't shut him down easily? I do. You're telling me Jalen Brown can't shut down Wesley Matthews? I do. You cannot tell me that the supporting cast of the Bucks right now is better than the Celtics supporting cast. And I say supporting cast in terms of Robert Williams, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and then the bench guys. So if I, and I'm going to make my prediction in a second, but going into it, I like the Celtics in the series. I do like the Celtics in this series in a long six, seven game series with the way the defense is right now. I'm going to make my prediction in a second, but I do want to hear from you guys open floor going into the Milwaukee series, but don't give your prediction yet. Cause we're going to do that at the end. Open floor. First of all, <laughs> I will not stand for any Drew Holiday slander. I will leave. Smart's going to lock him up next. You will never talk. To- no, absolutely wrong. I have no idea who you're talking about. If you are confusing Drew Holiday for one of his 18 brothers that also play in the league. <laughs> but yeah, it is. You're not talking about the right Drew. This is the Drewth, the whole Drewth and nothing but the Drewth. So help me God. There's no You're making him sound Marcus like he's Michael Jordan. He's better than Mike. This is different. Oh, it doesn't okay. matter. No, no, you're Drew Holiday is a fantastic player. There's, there's, there's no scenario Liam, you, where Marcus you Smart. You get these locks infatuations with these with these guys no, with no, these different no, no. people. Different. Did he go to the U? What's going no. on? Like, is no, there a reason you love U. him? Do you like he's his fantastic. name? He, he's an amazing. Uh, yes, it's a cool name. It's Drew J R U E. That is. It is. Cool. It is. But yeah, yeah, he's Drew. a fantastic player. Offense, defense. He is a max contract player. Marcus Smart will not shut him down. Drew, okay. Did you say Drew Holly's a also, max contract player? Damn right. Out, oh absolutely. my gosh. I need to come on the raft no, just is. to prove but all your points wrong soon. But anyways, there's also, continue. There's guys to worry about on the Bucks like Grayson Allen, who has had 45 points in the last two games. Last game, he had a 4-3, 27-point performance. Absolutely stepping up in Chris Middleton's absence. Wow. He's a hardy defender who plays almost gritty. I like it. And he's coming to his own on offense. Brooke Lopez makes it rain. 
And the fact that he's like seven feet tall in a caveman is absolutely hilarious. The fact that he ended up being able to shoot so well late in his career. Al Horford shot have a him good down. Squad. Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, maybe. Man. Probably, probably. And Bobby Portis is their bench spark, you know, kind of tough guy. I think for the most part, everything he does is a facade, but he is still a very capable player. Overall, they are very even in the supporting cast-wise. Unfortunately, they just get a huge advantage with the refs, and that's going to be the biggest factor and why I'm concerned for the series is because Giannis takes these refs out to a nice candlelit dinner, sits down with them, main lobster, $28 steak, whatever these refs want. Giannis lays that two-time MVP money on the table and treats them to whatever they want. It's going to be tough. Marcus Smart not going to be able to get the charges he wants. There's going to be a couple key foul outs for the Celtics, and it's a given. Jason Tatum fouled out. We had Scott Foster. I think he's going to foul out in another one. Maybe they get Jalen Brown too. Giannis creates fouls that shouldn't be there out of nowhere. And that's his terrible, terrible game. One of the biggest reasons why I hate watching him play. That's why I'm concerned. Not only do they have a decent team like us, they have four other guys that patrol the sidelines, control the game and can eject people on their side. Okay. All fair takes. Wrong takes, but fair takes. Mike, I mean, you're not powder? you're not wrong. Well, I mean, I mean the the majority of what you said was wrong, but you're not wrong with the with the refs being on the buck side. I hate to use that excuse, but it it's it's a very real thing. Really that's bad. that's the wild card to me is that you do have Giannis, you do have that he like you said. That's the I've never heard it put like that, but it's so right. He just creates fouls that shouldn't be there. So I don't I you can't I can't make a decision based on that. Cause I don't know how the refs are going to call it or anything. If I'm exactly. looking just at the people you are banana land. If you think that the bucks don't, don't come at me with, with drew with a J holiday. Don't come at me with Grayson Allen, 45 points. The last two games, he wasn't playing the Celtics defense. So I don't want to hear about Mr. Grayson Allen over there. And then Lopez dudes like 80 years Peace. old. Doesn't Him and matter. Al Horford are going to cancel each other out if they like have a fine Oh, line. by the way, guys, just so you know, that Bulls defense was like 25th in the league overall defensively. Just saying. 25th. Yeah. 25th. Without Lonzo. With Lonzo, they're 14th, which they didn't have. <laughs> That's still like middle of the pack. So what, what, what's your point? It's higher tier. It's, oh, it's higher than what they are. Anyways, okay. sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. Continue. Still, still failing. That's like going from like an F to a D. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, but... Better. No, I, I, I just, I know Giannis is good. I understand. And, and I don't, I don't know if he's going to be complacent because he won his title or anything. Yeah. He's okay. You know I mean? I mean, he's no Drew Holiday, but he's good. Um, he's definitely I, not a Drew Holiday. I, think I just terrible. have to think that this to me, I feel like Robert Williams is going to play a huge part in this, in this series. He's going to have to be huge around the rim. He's going to have to deal with. Giannis coming in there. Al Horford obviously is going to have to play defense like he's been doing, but I think this it this is going to come down to just the two superstars, Giannis and Tatum. I think like at the end of the day, that's that's what this series is going to be. Because if you boil everything else down, like the Celtics have uh, a tremendous defense, but the refs are on the Buck side more often than not. Those can somewhat cancel them out because the Celtics might try to play defense. The refs might not let them. The If, if you want to say that the role players and the, you know, the boys that travel with the stars on the team, that they might cancel each other out, that's fine. So at the end of the day, you have the two stars from each team. You got Middleton and, um, and Giannis, and you got Brown and Tatum. Middleton's hurt. So you got Brown and Tatum going with going at Giannis. I I tend to side with the healthy with the healthy guys in that we have two healthy guys. They have one healthy star. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. This won't be a sweep. This won't this I can guarantee that. If it's a sweep, I will get Liam, a tattoo of your choice tattooed on my forehead. If this is a sweep Deal. in any direction. Oh, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be Nick Foles. Okay, so, so that's that's on the Legends Lego podcast. That is that's on stamped. that's on there. Yep, yep, that's on there. But I don't know. I am I'm definitely more worried about this for some reason than I was about the Nets. Because looking at the Nets series, other than just saying, 
oh, they have Durant and Irving. There was really no reason to think that the Nets were going to win that series. The Celtics are a better team, better defensive team. The Nets hardly even have a coach. Like, there was just no way. The Bucs, though, and that's no hate to Steve Nash. I like Steve Nash. But the Bucks, completely different animal. Giannis is a completely different animal. But it's it, it's going to be a it's going to be a slobber knocker. I can't wait. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Well, that was my Hesitantly point about excited. Giannis with when I mentioned KD earlier and his jump shooting, how he has to get to his spots. The Celtics would send three guys at him. You you won't do that same thing with Giannis because he's not a jump shooter. So he's not going to spots. He's going right to the rim. So as he's driving to the rim, anything that even remotely looks like he's putting up a shot then he's going to be shooting free throws. Even if by some act of God, it's an on the spot, on the floor foul, and he's not shooting free throws, whoever was defending him still gets a foul, more likely to foul out. So they're playing a completely different defense than that amazing defense, which it was amazing defense. I don't know why I'm doing this, that they played on KD. You can't do that with Giannis. It's going to be a completely different game. So teach Daniel Tice how to take charges and take like five charges and get Giannis out of the game. Otherwise, you're probably screwed. How about you, Powder? Overall thoughts? Yeah, um, obviously I'm not the biggest basketball expert. Like, obviously you guys are bigger. But from everything you guys said, just obviously it's going to be tougher series. I think um, the Celtics – but I think the Celtics do – I think if they really want to prove they are one of the best teams and I think they're going to be tested through this series. And I think if they can find a way to pull out, play good defense, obviously not commit fouls like you guys have been talking about, that the Bucs seem to draw um, that normally other teams don't. I think the Celtics will have the clear ride into the finals. I think this is what should be, again, another series, everybody says, should be the Eastern Conference Finals. But it's a great matchup, and I think – these two teams are well um, – it's a good matchup for each other, but I think if the Celtics play their defense, I think they should be fine. All right, so we'll wrap up our Celtics talk with this because we still have a lot to talk about that's not Celtics-related. Bucks, Celtics, Eastern Conference, semifinals. Who wins the series? How many games? Who's going to the Eastern Conference finals to probably play Miami? I'll start. With Mike. Short and sweet. I'm going Celtics in six. I don't think it goes seven. Okay. Mike has Celtics in six. Yeah. Powder. I'm going to go Celtics in seven. I think it's going to take all seven games. It's going to be back and forth. I think a brutal series, but I think Celtics pull it off. Liam? Well, Bucks have two holidays, so Bucks and four. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The sweep, the Absolutely sweep. not. There's, there's no scenario. No, I, I think truly from the bottom of my heart, this is a gritty, hard-fought Celtics and five game. Like every game is close. There's no game that goes above a ten-point margin. No team wins by double digits. It's all the highest margin is ten or nine. And grit and grind all the way through, but Celtics squeak out more wins, win in five. So similar to the Nets series, because they didn't win a yes. game by more than seven points in any of the games in the Nets series. Yeah, exactly. So this is okay. hopeful optimism with the refs. All right. So I'll wrap us up. I've been saying it all week. I don't know why I'm talking myself into it, but I am. Celtics in six. Celtics take care of business in Milwaukee in game six to avoid that game seven. And they're looking at a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and then to the NBA Finals. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun next couple weeks for Celtics fans. It's going to be good. Real quick, before we do get into Patriots talk, just shout out to our friends over at Exogun. Get 10% off at exogun.com on your massage therapy guns today. 10% off with the code CGS10 at checkout. Whether you're on the trail, at work, or podcasting, and you need need a massage at home, get the massage therapy gun of your dreams at exogun.com. Use the promo code CGS10 for 10% off. Get the massage at home without having to leave your house. Mike, were you on the trail today? I was actually. It was a balmy 84 degrees. I was on the trail, had the exogun. That's that's where we use it, on the trail. Um, Liam, I know you're a big trail guy, so trail trail all the way. That's what we do. Hey, Powder, you can use them at the tournaments when you need, you know, a second to just relax. 
Oh, definitely. All right. The big, big reason why the TRT boys are here. Patriots. It's draft week. So, obviously, last year in the 2021 draft, the Patriots hit a home run in the draft. They really did. Mac Jones in the first round. Very good draft. Mac Jones in the first round. Got Ramondre Stevenson in that draft. Christian Barmore. Three home run picks right there. Good job, my switch hitting. Good job. Oh, 2020. That. That's what I do. Righty switch and lefty. Hit. It means you. It means you hit from both sides of the plate. Both sides. Actually, that's me. <laughs> the Patriots in the 2022 draft have the 21st overall pick. Now, I've also gone on TRT this offseason. We've talked about it in powder. We've talked about it on Legends Lingo. Mm-hmm. We've talked about a few of the needs that we think they need. Would it be cool if they got a, a really good wide receiver? Sure. But I hate to say this because it's not the sexy thing, but it's the, the good outlook. Patriots, I think, are going to go defense. And specifically, I think they're going linebacker. There's a couple good linebackers that you can get in that 20 to 25 range right there that someone will be there 21 for them. I have a specific name in mind. But before we get into our predictions, I want to kind of start with this. Do you see them going offense or defense? I think the answer is very clear, but I just want to see what you guys are thinking. So, Powder, I'll start with you. And then the TRT boys are licking their chops at this. So, we'll unleash them. I definitely think they're going defense. Like we've said a um, hundred times on this podcast, they need younger, faster defensive players. And I think that's where they have to go in the first round. Okay. All right, TRT boys, this is your time. Like you or me. Uh, Liam, Liam, you go. You go. Call it the coward's way out. Call me the lame man. Call me whatever you want to call me. I know history, and history repeats itself. Patriots are trading out of the first pick. That's what you're going to say. They ain't taking shit. Uh, (laughs) Probably not. We'll we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but... I, I think we're I, all going to think that one. I have two picks that I would like them to take in the first round. Both sides of the ball. Will they take them? I don't think so. Okay. But I have options. Okay. So Liam said they're going to trade out. All right, Mike, what do you got? I think it's pretty obvious. I think they go quarterback 21. <laughs> makes sense. Um, no, no, no. I think. I think it has to be defense. I think uh, getting uh, Devontae Parker, that kind of solidified the wide receiver room for a little bit. And they have secret weapon Nikhil Harry for some odd reason um, still. So, yeah, I think it has to be defense. And I have I have a couple guys. Uh, Al, you said linebacker. I think it should be linebacker because I think the corner class is relatively deep this year. I mean, yeah. so is the linebacking one. But I think that you can get a more impact guy at linebacker especially with a specific veteran linebacker who probably won't be coming back to the Patriots this year to fill that role, kind of revamp the whole room, get younger as they're doing. So I think it has to be defense has to be, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. So I think everybody here is onto something. I think me, Mike and powder are all thinking in the terms of, okay, what do they need when the pick actually comes to them? But to Liam's point, I mean, the Patriots are known to trade out of the first round a lot if their guy isn't there or they know they can get their guy in the second round. It's just a Belichick thing. He does it all the time. Whatever. It is what it is. So now here's the question, the fun question, the speculation question that we're going to ask. And I know this is going to get a lot of different responses, and I can't wait to hear this. Say the Patriots keep 21 for whatever reason. They're on the clock. Your guy's on the board. Who are the Patriots taking at 21? So I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Liam because I want to hear. He has guys on both sides of the, of the football, offense and defense, so I want to hear what he has. Go ahead, right. Mr. McDade. Pressure's on then. Okay, so this is in an ideal world where the Patriots actually take somebody with the 21st overall pick. We'll start with defense because this is the better player in my eyes. <clears throat> I think – there's a dire need for a number one face of the team cornerback. Getting rid of JC, no Stefan. What is Jalen Mills going to be our starting face of our secondary? No, 
No, it's Jawan Williams. Get it right. Yes, of course, obviously. But realistically, it's Devin McCourty, but we're not counting safeties here. Yeah, exactly. Strictly corners. Just corners. There's no corners that really, like, stick out. Like, you got Patrick Peterson on the Vikings. You got uh, Denzel Ward on the Browns. Those are the faces of the cornerback room. But we don't have an identity in the cornerback room. That's why I think we draft Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson arguably the best corner in the draft it would be wishful thinking if he falls to 21 but it's not unreasonable we saw two of the best corners slip to the mid-teens in the last year's draft and they both ended up being spectacular uh patrick sertan was a little better than jc horn but they're both great in that season I think it's basically the same thing here. We can get Andrew Booth slipping. I think he's projected to go like 16, 17. He can slip a couple more picks to 21. This is Clemson. It's a pro football powerhouse, a machine. They're just spitting out pros in the last five years. He's a great player. There's not a whole lot for me to say about this guy. Perfectly athletic. He's fast. He's got good ball control, good hands, make great plays on the ball, but he's not over aggressive. So that's my defensive pick. On offense, it's very boring, very bland, but goddamn, the Patriots need an offensive lineman. So I'm thinking Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. He's versatile, one of the best. I think he's top three offensive linemen in the draft. Usually the top offensive linemen go early in the draft, those shitty teams that need to run the ball. So I think this guy will likely, more than anything, be around at the 21st pick. I think he's the most realistic option. He'll still be on the board. Just screams one of those Patriots guys. We don't really have a tackle locked up for the next couple of years. It's time to start planning for the future. We draft this guy, and that sets us up for the next four years anyway. Okay, so a little different. A corner and a tackle. All right. All right, Powder. What's the name you got? And don't take the one that I'm thinking. Mm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I hope I'm not taking the guy you're thinking. But um, like I said, I definitely think the Patriots need defense and they need someone who can get that defense a little younger, get that defense a little faster. And um, who I'm thinking is Devin Lloyd. I think the linebacker of Utah, I think he's going to be, you just need someone who um, is a little bit quicker from that position. Cause like we've talked about at nauseum on this podcast, um, we, like at every year, Patriots defense starts off fast, they start off strong, but then after halfway point in the season, they're just slow, old. Anybody's beating them, and I think you need someone who's quicker in that linebacker position. Okay, not the one that I was thinking, so good. Still, that's that's a name that I've seen on a lot of mock draft boards. Is that the one you were thinking, Mike? Yeah, that was the one I had. I got it pulled up right. I had my from my notes. I, I have others, but he was my number one. And right say, when you said they need to get faster, I was like, "You son of a!" I do. <laughs> uh, do you do you do you need time to recover? Do you need to go back to the drawing board? Oh no no no! I come I come I come ready. I got two more to fire off. I'm, All right, I'm let's ready. hear him, Mike. What do you got? Oh, hold on. Okay. With him though, I think there's a problem just because he's he's so good. He's like, I think there's a snowball chance snowballs chance in a microwave that he is still around when the Patriots are picking. So unless they trade up, they likely wouldn't get somebody like him. I can see the Giants getting them even at five, but I think he likely goes around 11. Okay. All right, Mike, what do you got? Okay. So I initially had three people. I had two linebackers in a corner, uh, not the corner that Liam had. Um, it was a different corner. So I, I think I'm going to end up picking your guy, Al, to be honest. Don't you do it. Don't um, you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. How about this? Just Don't. for the sake of for the sake of conversation, what position does your guy play? Linebacker. Okay, I'll pick the corner then. Because I think it's the same. It's I think it's the okay. same. If it's not, then then I then you can, then I, you can say it after. That's fine. I reserve no the, the you right reserve the right to say to. another one. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead. This guy, I have never actually heard his name uttered. So if I say it wrong, no, I didn't. Um <laughs> Kair. Elam, is that how you say the last name? I think so. The corner, the the, uh, the corner from Florida. That's who I'm thinking. And I saw Booth is on a lot of the mock drafts too. But 
he he's right there too. Everything that I'm that not that I sit here and look through hours and hours of research of you know film and all 22 and all that stuff, but just the videos I've seen, what I've heard people say about him, he can be that guy that you can plug right in there. He can be the number one starter, kind of kind of a lot like Booth in that sense, where I think that you can just throw him in there and not have to worry. Now I don't know if they're going to be as good as you know Horn or Sertan. I mean, though the those were home runs. I mean, if you can even get a ground rule double or something like that out of these two guys. I'm happy with that. Um, Also wild card. What if they trade the number one pick for Debo Samuel? I don't know. I had Um, that. I had that in there too. I was thinking that. No, I was thinking that. But um, I I wouldn't hate that either. I think he'd be worth it. But no, I I do think they go with Elam. Elam. I'm going to call him Elam because Elam. Elam sounds weird. Um, It's Elam. Elam. Elam, I don't like that either. I don't know. Oh, his like brother played him. went to Florida and was drafted by the Ravens as a safety. Matt yeah, Elam, well, he sucked. Him then Kyrie Elam. Okay, that actually sounds a lot better. That's who I think then. Um, if I had to, if I had to, you know, gun to my head, pick who I think it's going to be because I think the linebacker and the corner, very, very important positions. Those are really the only two positions they need to fill right now. Like need put that in quotes, but that's who I think. Al, hopefully you take the other guy that I was going to say. I think it is. So I'll just, I'm not going to, I'm going to spare everybody the theatrics. I'm going to Kobe Dean out of Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Yep. See, that was the guy yep, I really wanted. Guy. And I knew you were, yep. cause you and I think a, a very similarly. So I was like, Mike's going to have Nicobe Dean and I'm going to be so mad. Cause I'm, I don't, I, I did have a backup. It was going to be Jameson Williams, but I know he's probably going to be gone like the top 10 to 15. But anyways, Nicobe yeah. Dean's a guy, he's young. He's played on a national championship team in Georgia, played in the SEC, premier football conference. I'm a guy that if you're playing at a big time school and you're performing, then you're going to translate well in the NFL, hopefully. So that's kind of my goal. And when Nicobe Dean, he's an explosive three down back. And just looking at a couple of his strengths here that can help the Patriots, one that stands out to me, runs through the ball carrier. What's one thing that the Patriots that we stress as Patriots fans is the Patriots ability to stop the run last year. Their, um, their passing defense, one of the best in the NFL, they always have struggles with stopping the run. I think Nicobe Dean can come in and help with that. I'm not saying he's going to be a game changer year one, but give this guy a couple of years, especially learning from some of the other linebackers and having other guys just in that locker room to learn the Patriot way from like a Devin McCourty and all those other guys. I think that he is a fit that can get in there a little undersized. He's only about 5'11", but even still, if he can play three downs, that's big for me. You can stay on the field. That's pretty good. I would love Nicobe Dean at 21. And from some of the interviews I saw, I think he talked to the Patriots already, and he seemed to like Bill Belichick, so that's always a plus. Who doesn't? A lot of people, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Those people are shut in. Any so of these guys, ridiculous. any of these guys we named, I'd be happy with, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, or you trade for I'm Devo fine. Samuel. I'm yeah. Fine. I'd be, I'd be well, Super Bowl. Did, did you guys ever see the uh, soundbite of N'Kobe Dean and the Natty? I no. didn't know. So it was this incredible play. It was on the goal line, first and goal, and he screws up his coverage. And in the middle of the play, while the offense is running the play, they're in coverage. He, like, messes up the coverage, and this guy gets the game, like, down to, like, the three or something like that. And the middle linebacker goes over to Dean. He's like, you got to get this. He gets in his face like, no, this is your coverage. You should be taking him, blah, 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 and just screams at him, basically. And then two plays later, third and goal, clutch, clutch down. Nicobe Dean, basically the same play, goes out there, makes the play in the pass, which normally he's, like you said, he's not a great pass linebacker, but he can manage, goes out there, has a clutch breakup on third down, goes over in that same linebacker who is yelling at him, gives him a big old hug and stuff like that. It's like the little, for you to think on the fly like that and for you know, it happens the next drive, then you have time to process and I get it. But for it to happen two plays later and him to get it that quick and go out there and make the motion, he's an exceptional player. And the fact that he's coachable just on the field, imagine what Bill can do with him on a sideline. So I will say this. I love it too. I do. Here's the thing. It would not surprise me either if none of these guys were taken by the Patriots. Nothing Nothing surprises me anymore with the NFL draft and the Patriots. The thing that surprised me last year was that Mac Jones was taken because I'm not going to lie to you guys before the draft, 
I wanted Justin Fields because I wanted the dual threat. I wanted the guy that could run and I wanted the guy that could throw. You want excitement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, just a guy that, you know, we had 20 years of Tom Brady who couldn't scramble out of the pocket or barely could. We had one great year, Cam Newton. That's right. Uh, no, we didn't. We're not, getting, we're not getting. No, Mike, no. we're not getting into this. We're not getting into this. You guys <laughs> well, can talk about it on. Will Cam Newton talk just a little bit? No. So we're past that. So, with that being said, on Thursday night, it's going to be interesting. Also, make sure to check out the Couch Guy Sports Twitch channel because we may or may not be having a little stream, and these guys may not may or may not be joining us to talk about the Patriots and the overall NFL draft. So make sure to keep your eye out for that. But anyways. Patriots draft is going to be a lot of fun. I'm curious to see what they do. Maybe they surprise us all and they pull off a big trade that nobody saw coming. Besides draft picks for draft picks, because they traded with Houston, like the fifth round pick for like a sixth and a seventh. Yep. Typical Patriots. Dynamic. Yeah. Like, I love it. Love Typical. it. Three sixth, three sixth round picks. Why? I bet two of those get packaged to like move up to do something. Yep. Maybe they hop back into the first round and get a uh, receiver, yep. or, or maybe they hop back into the second round and get a receiver or something like that. I don't know. They have, have too many picks, too many picks, too many things are going to happen. I don't I know. got an idea what they do with those picks. Say, say it quick. Cause we are going to move on. Say it quick. Oh no, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. It, it comes up later. Oh, like off air. No, no, no. It's one of my picks. Okay. So <laughs> anyways, Final Patriots thoughts before we move into the Red Sox, before we wrap everything up for the night. Um, yeah, there were just like a bunch of classic Patriots. So this is kind of where I was going with that, I guess. Classic Patriots, I don't think the excitement comes in the first, even three rounds, really. All of the excitement for the Patriots comes late in the draft. Where did Edelman come from? Where did Brady come from? True. Where True. did Dion Branch come from? You look at all these guys, build drafts late. So I have a bunch of guys that I think would be great. And we're going to talk about it on TRT. Tune into that episode when I go deep into the later draft. But there's uh, Bo Melton out of Rutgers. Bill loves Rutgers for some reason. All his players that he drafts are from Logan Mankins. Jordan Richards, uh, oh, Devin, Devin McCourty. McCourty. He just eats, yeah. sleeps, breathes, and shits that New Jersey's college for some reason. But Bo Melton is an unbelievable, explosive wide receiver who's projected to go in the third and fourth round. He very well could be a huge play wide receiver for any team i liked him and i also like charleston rambo from the u yep there it is there's yep, the there it guy. is yeah i had to throw it in there there's always a university of miami guy with me and this guy speedster in the league he's probably not fast enough to be a deep threat but he'd be a good intermediate guy it's those wide receivers that i look at late in the draft bill's going to take a wide receiver there's going to be one and there's probably going to be a running back because the patriots just keep drafting running backs year after year after year so I look to the late rounds, and that's where I think those picks come from. I think they trade up into the third or the fourth round to get an extra pick there with the picks that they just got from the Texans to get more of these guys. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So before we move into Red Sox, you guys for the playoffs, you're going to want to go and get a good drink, get a good meal. Our friend Powder knows a great place to do that up in the Boston area. You know, yeah. So you, want, you want to tell us about it? Yep. Um, definitely helps that the Celtics are moving on for another round and at least another two, hopefully more games at the Garden because I have a place right across the street from the TD Garden. It's called A&B Kitchen and Bar. And like I said, A&B Kitchen Bar is located right across the street on Causeway Street. It's a it's a um, elevated take on traditional New England pub menu with freshly made in-house dishes like chicken pot pie. Meatloaf made with a gankly um, raised beef from Name and Ranch, local clams, and aeroid sausage. Draft beers from Love area breweries um, like Gentile Brewery in Beverly, Mass., Lord Hobo, and Notch Pair, perfectly as well. Looking for a patio dining, AB Kitchen has a raised patio with spectacular views of the garden in Zakem Bridge. When, with heaters, you can enjoy the outdoor seating for extended season. With 32 feet of open garage doors along Causeway Street and 16 feet along Beverly Street, you can sit inside but have all the benefits out of the outdoors. Like I said, right across the street from T-Garden, you're going to a Celtics game. Maybe you can't get tickets. Just go right into A&B and tell them the Legends boy sent you. Shout out, to, shout out to our friends over at A&B Kitchen and Bar. 
So we're going to talk Red Sox really fast, and then we're going to wrap up for the night. So I'm going to keep this brief. The Boston Red Sox are terrible right now. They're 7-10 and 10 on the season. They're fourth in the AL East, and this is not the start that Red Sox fans were expecting because I'm just going to be brutally honest. The offense is terrible. They can't get hits with runners in scoring position. Powder, agree or disagree? Because you're you, me and you are the, the bigger baseball guys right now out of the four here. Mike, I know you're a baseball guy too, but we – like you guys live and breathe Celtics and Patriots. We live and breathe Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree? The pitching has actually been surprisingly good this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Their pitching has been their best part. Absolutely. Like their starting rotation has been okay. The bullpen's been pretty good, yeah. which is usually a weak link. It's the offense. Yeah, offense, it's a surprise. They score runs every game. It really is. And it's sad that it gets to that point. Like I'm looking at the – I'm looking at the games right now. I'm looking at these Red Sox games. They have scored under five runs. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Let's see here. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15, 14 out of seven out of their 17 games so far. And they're playing the Blue Jays right now in their 18th game. They're down two to one. Shocker. They have not scored more than four runs a game. For this offense, that is unacceptable. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Rafael Devers started off the year hot. Alex Verdugo started off the year well. Guys like Kike Hernandez struggled out of the gate a little bit. That's okay. He's kind of picked it up a little bit. Xander Bogart struggled mightily out of the gate. I think probably went like two for 20 to start the season. Something like that. It hasn't been good. And it's looming yeah. on the Rafael Devers and the Xander Bogarts lack of extensions because Bogarts can leave after the season and Devers can leave after next season. But here's my question to all of you guys, and everybody can get involved in this. Is it time to panic if you're Red Sox fans? And when I mean panic, I mean say, not that the season's over, but this isn't good. They're in a lot of trouble. I personally am not going to panic yet. But I'm going to say I'm a little concerned. It's still April. It's still early. If they play like this in May, then I'll be real. Then I'll actually be very, very concerned. Yeah, Chris Sale is going to be coming back hopefully in June or July. James Paxton's aiming for an all-star break return. So that bolsters up your rotation. And hopefully these guys can get it together in the lineup because J.D. Martinez doesn't look that great. You know, Kike, he looks okay at best. Verdugo still looks okay. Trevor Story hasn't hit a home run yet. Not that that's a big deal, but he's still trying to get his timing from a lack of spring training. So there's a lot to unpack here. So really simple. Are you concerned at all yet? Is it time to panic? No. Powder's going with no. No, but I do think that if you're – if. If you're a Red Sox fan, you're starting to think to yourself, like, hmm, where, where did I put that panic button just in case? Like, I think you're, right. you're just, you are, you are in a car driving. You're still a couple miles away, but you're coming to that fork in the road where it's either Panic Street or Jubilation Boulevard. So Ooh. I think you are, yeah, yeah, right. Did you like that word? I did. Big just words. Big words. Came off the top I, of the head. Big um, words. But yeah, I think I I don't Any think b- baseball season is way too long to freak out. You can. How about this? You can freak out. I don't think it's panic time yet. If you want to freak out, get mad, get your horrible takes off. Say the team sucks. All this stuff. All these people suck. All that stuff. Now is the time to do it because I think the season is long enough. I think Al, you you brought up the litany of players that are coming back. The litany of players that aren't even playing to just their average right now. Calm down, but you can have a little moment of freak out if you want. As long as you come back to calm down, Central. That's how I feel about it. Obviously. I know he's not the most reliable reporter, but Bob Nightingale, I know I read this tweet earlier today and I remembered it. The Boston Red Sox may just be seven and ten, but as they as they point out, the last oh my gosh, tweet so poorly word. Uh, <laughs> the twenty the two teams in twenty twenty one World Series were both seven and ten. Ooh. Braves and oh, the Braves and the um Astros. In the Astros, thank you. Sorry. So there's no reason. That's one of my main reasons not to panic. Like you said, Al, 
162 games. And I think I was listening to, I think it was Baseball is Dead. Shout out to two of our uh, multiple time guests, Jared Kravis and Dallas Braden. Um, the baseball season has so many ebbs and flows. It's sometimes like there go different streaks. This the seven ten stretch could be in July when they've when they just went on a thirty and ten streak. So right. there's different points in season where they'll get hot. They're good enough to get hot, where they will get cold like any like any baseball team will. So it's just about having this cold streak, but having a hot one soon down the road. So me being the wildly ignorant baseball fan, I am knowing little to nothing about the sport, but having a slight grasp of knowledge because I will bet on the world's strongest man competition. If that's the only thing on TV. So I have bet the Red Sox a couple of times. What is the deal with Trevor story? Because it seemed like when we got him from Colorado, that was big time and he seems to be a huge fucking disappointment i wouldn't say i wouldn't say he's a major disappointment i I think that's a little overblown i think that i think fans were spoiled in colorado by trevor story because the ball travels in colorado like if you compare i heard that he could only play in the mile high air but also too and i think it was tyler milliken from 98.5 that said this on the carabas baseball podcast on DraftKings. Trevor Story's worst month has always been April. Okay. Ever since he, beyond his rookie year, he always starts off slow. And that's fine. And don't forget, he's moving from shortstop to second base. I'm not saying that it's a big change because he's pl- still playing middle infield, but it's still a change. Yeah. You know, and you think about this too. The Red Sox just played the Rays on the road. They should have won that series. You're a Trevor Story decent throw or Bobby Dahlbeck pick away from winning two out of three in that series. The Blue Jays series, you should have won two out of three. So it's not like the Red Sox are getting blown out. It's not like they're losing 11 to three where the pitching is abysmal and the offense isn't there. The pitching's there. They just need the offense to start stepping up a little bit more, especially with runners in scoring position. The the one thing that concerns me is their approach to the plate. They have the highest – it's one of those analytic stats. Like, I can't stand that. I'm an old-school baseball guy. Powder, I think you are too. You're you're an old-school baseball guy. Basically, it means that the Red Sox chase a ton of pitches out of the strike zone and they lead the league in that. So when you're swinging at bad pitches and you're not working counts for against pitchers, like Kevin Gosman pitched into the seventh inning the other day. He's not that good. I'm yeah. sorry. He's not. So overall, I'm not panicking yet, but I'm going to say this. The Red Sox are lucky that the Celtics are going on the run they're going on. And the Bruins are still going to be making the playoffs and they're going to be starting their playoff run soon. So the deeper they go, the better that is for the Red Sox mm-hmm. to have time to figure it out. And one other point to Trevor's story is Nolan Arenado last year started off really slow in St. Louis. And obviously I think Nolan Arenado is a step above Trevor's story, but still his first month, month and a half was slow because yes, the ball flies a lot further but breaking balls break a little differently. Everything's a little different in Colorado. So even though, yes, obviously he plays 82 games or 81 games away from Colorado, it's it's still hard when it's your first season completely away from there where you're not playing any games there to adjust to how the breaking balls move, how everything, how the ball just is not being in that Colorado air anymore. So I think in Nolan Air now end up putting – another great season up with I think 30 home runs, a bunch of doubles, another great season. So I don't think there's much to worry about with story. I'll tell you so, to worry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say real quickly, just really fast. Yeah. The guy to worry about is Bobby Dahlbeck. Cause at least while we're recording second game against the Jays over three with three strikeouts, get Tristan Cassis up here, please <laughs> go ahead, Liam. Um. Okay. Again, cause I know little to nothing. What do you guys think? are the Red Sox win total? Like if you were to just guess right now, just kind still, of put my mind at ease. I think if they can figure it out, if the offense can figure it out, I think they're an 88 win team right now. 88. Okay. Right I think, now. I think they obviously, hopefully they figure out. I think if they can figure out before the end of May, I still think they can hit the 90 win mark. I think they're a 90 to 91 win team. Oh no shit. 
I, I want to say, Al, I want to be with you, but I think it's going to be a little less. I think they're going to like just get into the eighties. I think it's going to be like 82, 83 Please or don't something. Say that. I don't, I, I, that's, that's what I think. And Liam, I know why you're asking. Um, so I'm sorry if that messes up any, any, any bet that you may have. That's my thought. I'm going to go like 83. I think Liam, it's a long season. It's a long God, season. It better be you have no idea. Season. People can get like hurt. 365 day season with the way it's looking right now. I'm sweating. <laughs> it is a long season, my man. Stay with it. Try Come it. back on the show in a month. And if they're really struggling, then I'll say I'm sorry. Cause I was the one that told you about You're gonna this, have so. to because I will come in here with a fiery rage. I will look like Johnny Depp's ex-wife when I come ah, out. Here, out. And on that note, unless powder, do you want to bring something up really <laughs> fast? Or do we um, just end it there? I'll just, I think we just end it there. It's nothing too important. All right. Yeah. All right. So real quick before we do like do our closing kind of thing. Fellas, you want to shout out your podcast and your socials and everything else? Mike, you want to take the reins? Liam and I are Tuck Rule Takes, the best Patriots podcast going right now. Tuck Rule da, Takes, da, 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 da. We, we record all the time on the trail. Trail Rule Takes, that's what we call ourselves. The, the hardcore fans know that. Tuck Rule Takes, we normally, every every Wednesday, you'll get a pod from us. Uh, last couple of weeks, we took off. It is the off-season, off-season for podcasters as well. Podcasting is a tough job. We will be back full-blown, ready-to-go draft preview, post-draft episode, and then we are good to go. Um, my M Sully five, four, three, three on Twitter and pretty much any other social media you want to find me also tuck rule takes as well on Twitter. Uh, Liam, how you doing? Oh, I'm living. I do not have a personal Twitter. You can find me at the rafters pod, which is my Celtics one. And of course Mike gave my other ish away. Love it. And like I said, at the beginning of the show for this specific podcast at Lingo legends on Twitter, we're on Instagram, all that stuff. But really, Twitter's our main thing. Go, mm-hmm. go check us out on Twitter. Remember, rate and subscribe to Legends Lingo Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, all that stuff. Shout out again to our sponsors over at Shocked Energy, Exogun, and A&B Kitchen and Bar. CouchGuysports.com for all your latest blogs and action. Maybe these guys will get back into the blogging game. I think we're going to get them back in there. Fingers crossed. Will, once, once we get closer to the Patriot season, I will start blogging extremely regularly probably two a week um love it yes yes i will be back i will be back in those blogging streets you will see me we love that be afraid well we miss you so so we won't be afraid we'll, we'll embrace you with hugs. with hugs go bruins by the way let me just throw that in there last week of the season go bruins playoff hockey nothing better than it i don't very care true what oh. anybody likes okay, there well. is not a sport in the world that is better than playoff hockey playoff very true. football playoff soccer playoff, playoff cribbage hockey. Anything playoff polo. If they have that playoff <laughs> hockey is where it's at. It's playoff hockey. And we're going to try to get a Bruins personality on to actually talk Bruins. Hopefully next week, cause the season's going to wrap up. We've been saying that for like two months now, but you know what? We're actually going to do it. So for all of us here though, at the legends and podcast, Maddie DeRoche are not here, but with us in spirit, we love you, Maddie. We got Liam McDade. We got Mike Sullivan. We got Tom Powder Cabins. I'm your host, Alan Hegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 170. Yes, sir. Later.